Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Annie, I have a question. Okay. When you were a kid, did you fantasize or even plan your wedding? Yes. Yeah, yes. I knew it. Tell me about I it. I did. I did. Oh, I had a whole journal and I drew the dress that I wanted and I had the like, not the specific venue, but the, the, the kind of location in mind, what I wanted it to look like. I had like songs that I wanted played and dances I wanted. Um, I had kind of this vague vision of how I wanted the guy to look and, you know... I would I would dream about it. I would dream that I was so in love and so happy. I would run down the aisle and I'd cry and cry and cry of happiness. It's just beautiful. I really wanted a short dress, not like short, short, but like knee length because I really wanted mm-hmm. to dance. I didn't want to be mm-hmm. held back by any long dresses. I, <laughs> I kind of wanted like colorful flower, little accompaniments. So yes, I did. <laughs> It's funny amazing. now to me, but yes. But yeah, I mean, you're not the only one, obviously. I did not necessarily plan my wedding, um, but I was in a lot of them. So I mm-hmm. learned from them what I didn't want. And by the time uh, I think I was in high school, I was like, if I do get married, it will not be a large wedding. Uh, I mm-hmm. remember to the point that my mom was like, just invite us as in the parents. And I was like, okay. Like, that was so the end of it. But because I had been in so many weddings as a kid, I was miserable. I was like, I will never do it again. Which is hilarious (laughs) because I'm like, wow, I was jaded at 12. Cool. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. we are talking about marriages and weddings today. And we're talking about a different type of relationship all around, which is platonic marriages. Annie, did you know much about platonic marriages before we started talking about this? No, not at all, actually. Um, I don't think I'd even heard that term. I've heard political marriages, which I think is something similar. And then a while back, past host did an episode on Boston marriages. So I knew a little bit about that. But no, not really. Not about platonic marriages. Okay. Well, so... And, and I've heard of things such as like the political as well as a marriage of convenience, arranged yeah. marriages, and these are all different types. But mm-hmm. what we're talking about when we're talking about platonic marriage, well, according to Bride.com, it's actually a legal union based on spiritual connection or practical love rather than a sexual or romantic love. And another site actually described it as a wedding without the sexual relationship. And according to relationship experts, Amy Lidingham and Rachel Sussman, who are both Uh, some kind of counselors or some type of professionals in that level state, quote, platonic marriages are when people that are friends who are not sexually involved decide to make a commitment in a marriage for life with each other. And I thought that was interesting because there's been a few articles that have come out talking about this kind of arrangement. And Annie, I know we've talked about this a lot, just how the pandemic and the quarantine has affected women altogether. But according to one research from uh, sciencedirect.com, women were more likely to experience increased feelings of loneliness than men. And of course, people who have low self-esteem also are going to feel these types of feelings, I guess. Mm -hmm. And as one would couple reported that having the connection and the commitment without the complexities of sex and romance lingering over them, they felt connected and able to more openly communicate and felt fulfilled. So there's this Mm -hmm. whole conversation that maybe we're talking about this more 
because of that connection. And it's not new, actually. I thought it was. I was like, oh. (laughs) But it's just more that people are coming out and talking about it. And I think that's the whole thing about us talking about sexuality a little more and about relationships and about uh, being a little more open to understanding that there's some fluidity to it all which is Mm -hmm. nice. But they aren't just open about it. They're actually encouraging for a lot more people to come and kind of consider this type of lifestyle. And they could be looking into something that's a committed relationship, again, without the backlash of the sex and the toxicity that a heteronormative relationship may bring. And I thought it was really interesting because you and I have talked about this before, how we want to do a commune, right? Yeah, yes. And uh, the whole idea is like, because we want companionship. But it's not necessarily that we want marriage with our romantic partner. And I was like, huh. Yeah. This could be a good solution. Again, it's not new. As in fact, it's been around possibly from the 15th century and even further beyond. Um, But at that point, it was referenced as a more platonicus, meaning, again, platonic love and how it kind of elevates beyond a realm of just the physical. And it goes into the spiritual And I was like, oh, that's nice. And even (laughs) to the point that the Catholic Church approved of this type of union, uh, and it was called something like Josephite Union. So I'm like, Mm. oh, which we do know people are really, really, really scared of sex. So that could be a whole different connotation. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for people like uh, yourself, when we Mm -hmm. talk about the fact that you are asexual and it's not so much that you're not sexual being, but you just don't want to have that type of relationship with someone at this point in time. And for me, who does not necessarily associate long-term commitment with sex either. Mm-hmm. So that, right. that kind of blows my mind. But I am really, 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 really great at having friendships. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? That's kind of that whole level yeah. of like, huh. Um, and of mm-hmm. course, there's no such thing as a perfect relationship. Again, because I've lost friends and we've Mm -hmm. had friendships die because we weren't able to communicate. We just got angry with each other and just left it at that. And it just didn't feel like it was worth fighting for, which is the whole process of any relationship. But being open and having that bond in this friendship when you are really, really tied together maybe can make for a successful partnership. Um, and, and I did want to talk about some of the benefits in this and uh, about our own experiences because I've not necessarily thought about doing a platonic marriage because anything legal yeah, like that yeah. seems really like... Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. benefits. One, not wanting a romantic relationship, but do want stability with a partner they trust and more flexibility in their lives. And I think I can see that in that I live pretty far away from my parents. Mm -hmm. So when you have to have that emergency contact, who do you Mm -hmm. use? Right. Yeah. You have to decide like, okay, maybe this is kind of that stability that you want and having mm-hmm. someone being able to be there to help execute and who understand what you want. Yes. 
Yes. And then there's another thing is they want to raise children and co-parent with a person, but not necessarily a romantic partner. And of course, there's this back and forth in general about the whole being a single parent and the benefits and the backlash of that. So having someone to help, mm-hmm. especially when you're living by yourself and or living in an area that, again, you don't have that support system, such as your family, right? Right. right. Mm-hmm. Um, another one, and I think it's a really good one because you talk about this a lot. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Taking care of each other in our old age, mm-hmm. right? And then yes. the third, I've thought about a lot because it's taken me 30, no, Probably, yeah, 37 years before I could live by myself financially. Splitting expenses. Mm -hmm. And with the fact that our income has not increased, as in like the minimum wage in the past, what, 15 years? Yeah. It's almost impossible when the cost of living is so high to live by yourself. Yeah. I love that we're having these conversations because for so long I feel like, especially for me, that kind of came from a sheltered town. I only saw like one type of relationship and this is the one. And it's your nuclear family, heteronormative relationship. But now I'm seeing a bunch of people. And of course, now I live in a liberal city and I have pretty liberal friends. But I'm hearing conversations about like polyamorous relationships or things like this, like what I would in heavy quotes call as like traditionally non-traditional relationships, which is nice because for most of my life, I didn't know these were options. I didn't know these were things. So it's like making me question, you know, do I want that? Maybe I don't, but maybe I do. And now I'm at least thinking about it, which is nice. Uh, And I've had a lot of interesting thoughts about different types of relationships I might be okay with lately, which I think I'm going to talk about in an upcoming happy hour. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we've had discussions like this among my friend groups with the commune of like, yeah, it would be nice to have kind of a relationship where you're living, you're living with someone, but you have your own separate space, also important to me. But you have that camaraderie and companionship and that, yes, I'm getting older in case something happens, like somebody will be there. And then, as I said in my last relationship, I was pretty happy. And that's kind of what we had. Right. But, of course, he wasn't happy, so that's totally cool. But I I was. And so I was like, okay, this is kind of what I'm looking for, which is a companion that I can have fun with and do stuff with. But there's no, like, pressure of sexual or romantic side of it. And I have had friends talk to me about, like, political marriages in particular and like saying my therapist brought up political marriages as an option. I'm like, wow. Right. (laughs) Which I love, yeah. (laughs) And yeah, you're not the only one. Uh, They talk about the fact that there are a lot of couples who come in as a cis-heteronormative couple because of their romantic involvement, but then it grows into this platonic level. And of course, yes, it can be unhealthy, but it can also be healthy. And we also see it when we have things like one uh, one part of the couple realizing that they are not necessarily just straight or, you know, uh, heterosexual, but they are, you know, one of the LGBTQ and, and really lost themselves in trying to be what they quote unquote believe was normal and then Mm -hmm. trying to figure that out. But at the same time, do caring about their partner and their partner caring about them still, even though the relationship has changed and them remaining in it because it still is okay and it's healthy with it, healthy for them. And I've seen couples who do this with children, of course, doing this unhealthily being like they feel like they've forced into it. Not a great idea, but being into a place where like, this actually can work and it's healthy 
why not? Mm-hmm. And that, that there's a lot of conversation about these benefits being pretty great. And the fact that because it is newer, mm-hmm. there's not any standard. So you can talk about it as you go and you can fix it as you go. Uh, the one couple that has been written up a lot because they got married this year, they talk about the fact that they do share beds, but there's no sexual uh, tension. They might cuddle, but mm-hmm. that's just... A friendship that level thing, and and they have yeah. a foster kid, and and they care for them, and they share their responsibilities, and yeah, they might go on dates, mm-hmm. but it's okay because again, they know exactly what that is, and, and and that what they are expecting from each other, and who they come home to, and who's allowed, who's not allowed, without the awkwardness. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. why not? <laughs> And yeah, especially when we have the pandemic, I will say like my partner and I are romantic and we are really uh, good together in that. But part of that is that companionship of being able to eat together, of being able to share a show together, of being able Mm -hmm. to uh, sit next to each other while no one else, you know, is around Mm -hmm. and then being selective in who we are, but not being completely lonely the entire time. So it was was a balance and seeing during the pandemic, you're like, yeah, this, this could be a lot of benefits. Not to say that you can't have that with your roommate and you don't have to be that far along. Of course, this is yeah. a level of a commitment that is a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. And I've had great relationships with past roommates. Mm-hmm. But of course, this is not that same level. And it's kind of like, huh, why not? If you feel like that's how you are and the relationship goes beyond just friendship and that when you say best friends forever, this is a yeah. whole new level. Yeah, I think it, I mean, because there's a commitment involved in here, right? But there's plenty of, I have many best friends and I feel like, you know, I am committed to you. Like whether or not we're going to take that next step, (laughs) that's different. But it is like, I hope we will be best friends for life. And so it's kind of like, you know, the commitment's already there. And it's just if you want to make it legal, make it legal, make it legal. But yeah, you can definitely rewrite since it's, it is newer in our more common like understanding of it, that is nice that you kind of have to have those negotiations or discussions around it and you can make it or build it in a way that uh, works for the people in the relationship. Right. And I love it. Yes. <laughs> Big fans. Well, listeners, if anybody is in a platonic relationship, please let us know. You can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast or on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Who is amazing as well. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 